Good morning, Journey. How we doing? Good to be with you. If you are new around here in the last oh eight weeks, you're like, who's that dude? I, I used to be the teaching pastor up here, and uh, the plan is that I'm still teaching once a month, so you got to put up with me, people, okay? And so... Um, Bob and I were like trying to figure this out and he just threw out the idea like, hey, how about you come preach on baptism Sunday? I was like, yes, please let me come preach on baptism Sunday. This is my favorite week of the month every single year. We do these kind of quarterly and this is just a culmination and a celebration of what God is doing in our lives here at Journey Church, so I'm excited to be with you. We're gonna be in John, John chapter 14, one through seven. John chapter 1, 14, one through seven. Um, but, but I got a, a question for you, because we got, we got something coming up tomorrow, okay? You got your costumes ready? Are you ready for Reformation Day? You know what I'm talking about, Reformation? No, okay, you don't, okay. Some of you got that joke, some of you did not, right out the gate, okay? Uh, Halloween tomorrow, everybody's excited about that. Uh, I like Halloween, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I, I Sometimes, like I dressed up as a solo cup one time and then I just wrote Hans on the front of it, Hans solo cup. Anyway, it was, people, it's lost on some people, the dad humor, but uh, I love it. But I also, it's interesting because we get to the next day after Halloween and all the decorations immediately go away and there are some of you who are like, you're ready. You're ready for jingle bells, right? You're ready for a white Christmas. Like you want to get to Christmas as soon as possible. And so we start watching those cheesy, terrible Hallmark movies that are all the same every single year, but you got to watch them. And so do I. And then I'm not saying that Lori falls asleep, which usually she does. And I'm usually there sitting there watching it alone going, why am I so emotional right now? Um, (laughs) But it begins the quick march to the end of the year to Christmas and 2023. How are you feeling about 2023? Mixed emotions, mixed emotions. That's what I'm going to read the room as. Uh, I'm wondering how you feel about 2023 because uh, uh, it, it seems like there's still some things unsettled in our culture and in our world and in our lives. I think we live in troubled times. I've said this before from this stage. I'll probably say it again. I think we live in troubled times. So the question this morning I want to lead us into is this. How troubled is your soul? How troubled is your soul? See, trouble is just, it's part of life. We engage with trouble often. And Elvis Presley knew that. If you're looking for trouble, come to the right place, right? Uh, uh, Coldplay, Coldplay knew this. They knew, uh, I, never, I never meant to cause you trouble. I never meant to cause you pain. Taylor Swift, the great theologian Taylor Swift knew that you were trouble when you walked in. Shame on you. Trouble. How troubled is your soul? Or let's flip it. How, how at peace is your soul right now? With the headlines, with the upcoming uh, midterm elections, how at peace is your soul right now? There's been some crazy stuff still going on in this world, you guys. 
It feels like the ripple effect of what we've been through in the past couple of years is still rippling. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't feel like we are outside of trouble. Like we've, we've finally gotten past all of this and we're, we're just doing awesome right now. In fact, my observation is that the world is at trouble right now. Uh, if you look around, this is crazy things like what happened in Korea, in South Korea, with uh, uh, over 150 young people dead in the streets getting trampled to death, right? Because they were locked up for three years, didn't know how to handle being around people, and then they ended up trampling each other to death. This is terrible stuff. Somebody breaking in, I don't care what your opinion is on Nancy Pelosi, I, I seriously don't want to hear it. I really, please, okay? But like somebody attacked her husband with a hammer, like, are you serious? That, like, that's the world we live in, you guys. Like, we live in a troubled world. Anecdotally, many of you know that part of why I've stepped away from the teaching position uh, as the teaching pastor here is to step into something new that I'm calling Legacy Guides, where I help uh, guide men in a life planning process where we're out on an adventure. So we go hunt and fish and hike. I'm out for like 11 days in the woods this upcoming month in November. Uh, so you can pray for Lori. Um, and and I, that's my job. So I will suffer for, for the sake of the men that I'm with um, in the Elkwoods. Uh, and it will be glorious. But what do we what we do in those times together is we work through a life plan, and we really we, we take an inventory of how the man's life is going. And this is anecdotal, but I've done seven trips uh, since September one. I've got five more this month, and I'm pretty booked out through the end of this year, and getting excited about 2023. Um, but uh, can I tell you, six out of seven of those, we did an inventory about how their soul was right now. And we actually rank some pieces of how they're doing and what's, what's keeping them healthy, what's keeping them full. And six out of seven, we're not doing very well. Six out of seven, we're struggling, we're stuck, needed help with their family, needed help at work. And, and when I talk to other guys, it's just kind of a domino effect. Like there's there's hard things going on. The last couple of years has shuffled the deck for many of us. So, so the question is, how troubled is your soul? And then it would be this, what do we do then? What do we do in troubled times? If we live in troubled times, even if you're doing really, really well right now, you know someday trouble's coming, right? So what do we do in troubled times? That's the question for us this morning. Jesus' followers in the passage we're about to read, they were about to be in trouble. They didn't even know that they were about to be in trouble. Like Jesus has just done amazing things. They've been following him, seeing him heal the sick and, and give sight to the blind and even raise the dead to life. They're, they're on this trajectory, this trajectory up and to the right, right? So they don't know that this is coming, but Jesus knows that this is coming as he sits with them in this passage and as he tells them, hey, don't be afraid when there is trouble. There's going to be trouble. And he knows in his head, hey, soon I'm going to be put upon a cross and killed, left in a tomb for three days. My disciples will be troubled during that time. I will rise from the dead, right? That's a new trick. Nobody's ever seen that one before. And uh, the disciples will be a little less troubled for a little bit, but after a short amount of time, about a month and a half, I'm gonna go and ascend to the Father and I'm gonna leave the disciples in charge of things so that they can be the hands and feet of me. They can be the church, but it's gonna be troubled 
times. There's trouble ahead for them. So that's the setting of John 14. Let's go. One through seven. Do not let your hearts, do not let your soul, do not let the deepest parts of you be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas, who has often asked questions, says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus wants to break down what to do in troubled times. And he breaks it down with some guidance for us, some simple guidance for us in troubled times. And here they are. We need to follow the way, we need to know the truth, and we need to live the life. We need to follow the way, we need to know the truth, and we need to live the life. Thomas asks this question, what is the way that you are going? Jesus is kind of talking in this obscure way that he's leaving and he's preparing a place for them, but he's gonna come back for them. And you know the way to get there. And Thomas is like, I have no idea. I'm not tracking with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, no, listen, listen. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has a very specific answer to the question. What do we do in the midst of trouble? We turn to God the Father. We turn to God the Father. We turn away from the other things that are distractions, the other things that are temptations, the other things that are keeping us off the right way. We turn to God the Father. And the way that we turn to God the Father is through Jesus. And so what I want to do with our time together in preparing for baptism is look at these three things we should do in the midst of troubled times. First, we should follow the way. Follow the way. So Patrick Lencioni is this fantastic writer. He works at a place called The Table Group. They do consulting for Fortune 500 companies. Um, I just went through a really cool training uh, that helps me with some of my executive coaching and business coaching and my new business um, with The Working Genius, which is a new assessment for him. Uh, and one of my favorite global leadership summits was here in the commons, and he was one of the keynote speakers. And, and he was speaking uh, about influence because at the Global Leadership Summit every summer, if you've ever been to that, they always talk about how leaders have influence and you have influence and, and how you should influence people in great ways. And so the theme of that year was everyone has influence. And Patrick Lencioni famously got up in front of the crowd, right? So he's on the crowd and he's live streaming here in the comments. And he says, everyone has influence, but some of you shouldn't. <laughs> 
undermining the entire conference, right? It was amazing. It was the best thing I've ever seen, right? And Lencioni went on to just say, hey, we need to recognize that some of us have more influence than others. Some of us have more responsibility than others. Some of us are called to lead in different ways than others. Yes, we're all called to lead and influence in certain ways. But, but here's the deal. This is what he was trying to say. If everyone's a leader, then no one's a leader. This is not a popular concept, by the way, in the play nice, in the playground, in the cul-de-sac, in the whatever world we live in. But listen, if everyone's a leader, no one's a leader. And if everyone's a follower, then no one's a leader either, okay? And so what we need to do is when Jesus says, I am the way, the thing we need to get really comfy with is following. We need to get really comfy with following. Not leading, but following. See, I think this is not a popular theme in our culture. You need to lead the way, lead the charge, be your own man, be your own woman, forge your own path, chart your own destiny. No, no, no. The way to the Father is to follow the way to follow the way of Jesus. There is no room for ego in the kingdom of God. There's no room for ego in the kingdom of God. Now, am I saying you shouldn't be confident in who God made you to be? No, I think you should be confident in who God made you to be. Should you be confident in the gifts that he's given to you? Absolutely. You should be confident in the gifts that he has given to you, the specific purposes that he has for your life. But should you wake up every day and say, I'm going to follow my way? No. You should wake up every day checking your own ego and saying, there is one who has gone the way, he went the way before me, and I can follow his way. We need to become better at this church. We need to become better at following. Once again, anecdotal. So part of what I do is getting out in boats and hiking and all kinds of really hard, terrible things, and it's just awful. And being on the Yellowstone yesterday was just horrendous. And so... um, (laughs) Uh, But there's something, if you've ever done any sort of guiding, I know there's some guides in the room uh, who guide in fishing trips. And like, if you have a client who just shows up and like gets in your boat or gets with you on the ski slope or or wherever you're at, and they just know better, they're kind of a crappy client. Can I just say it that way? Like they're kind of crummy. Like if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to do a life plan, but I've already got it figured out. I'm like, then you don't need me, Right? If, if you want to come do a life plan for me, but you've already got it figured out, then you don't need me. No, the best clients are the ones that want to be guided, that want to be led, that are hungry for that and humble for that and leaning into this idea that I don't know the way, but there is someone that does and his name is Jesus. He can guide me. So we need to follow the way. The earliest Christians knew this. Because they weren't even called Christians. They were called followers of the way. Did you know that? You check this out in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, right after Jesus' death and resurrection, the earliest Christians were known as followers of the way. That was the description of them. They followed the way of Jesus. They smelled like Jesus. This is what Logan was talking about last week, right? Do you smell like Jesus? Which, by the way, I think Logan's taking this a little too seriously. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, can we just be honest that he looks like Jesus too? Like anybody else in the room is like, 
I think he's like the sweetest version of Jesus. Let's throw a robe on him and uh, like a, I want to see like a blue thing and like we, anyway, I, I don't know. My mind goes crazy there. I love you, Logan, wherever you're sitting. Do we smell like Jesus? I think it's a good point. Do we live in the way of Jesus? Do we follow his teachings? Do we live the way he told us to live? Do we pursue the deeper things of life? Do we live sacrificially? Are we connected to God? Do we follow the way in troubled times? Follow the way of Jesus. Secondly, know the truth. This is fresh in your minds. It's fresh in my mind. We just came through this series, Live No Lies. I thought it was super helpful, very, very helpful to us in this moment because let's just be honest. The truth is hard to find these days, isn't it? Like I am a child of postmodernism, okay? If you're like that upper uh, uh, or lower upper Gen X, like lower millennial, whatever, like I'm in the, eight, I'm in the 80s, okay? So uh, forgive me for that, but it was awesome, better than any other time ever, the 80s, okay? But something really happened in the 80s and 90s, and it was this postmodern movement, this movement where it was just like, we can deconstruct everything. And we don't have to have any sort of authorities. We don't have any, have any sort of leadership. We're just gonna deconstruct the entire world and then see where it all lands. And here we are, okay? Here we are in 2022. And it's like, I'm a little worried about 2023, right? So postmodernism has deconstructed so many things for us and it's become harder and harder and harder to find the truth. What is true? What is true? Is true what is true just to you? Or what, what if my truth intersects with your truth and we've got different kinds of truth, right? What if, what if, what if you don't let, let me you know, be like Elsa and Anna and let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. That's my truth, that's my truth. Let it go, let it go. See, I think truth is hard to find. We came out of the enlightenment and, and, and our culture actually like, it just pushed back against that. It pendulumed against the enlightenment, okay? And there were some good reasons for that and there were some bad reasons for that. And, and we spurred into this thing called postmodernism, which has become, I don't even know what it is right now, you guys. But I just know that truth is hard to find. Anybody agree with that? Hard to find. Truth is hard to find. So, so what do we do? Well, we know the truth. I was with this group of uh, business leaders and we get together every Thursday morning. We got this little Bozeman mastermind thing and the leader of it, his name's Nick Russo. He, and he leads the meeting and he, he always gives us like Nick's nuggets, he calls them. And, and the little nugget this week um, was that if we, if we learn, something has to change or we haven't learned. Not a great concept, super simple. If we learn something new, then something needs to change. And if nothing changes, if nothing is influenced, if there's no actionable there, then maybe you haven't really learned anything. And that would be the question for us. Do we know the truth? This whole idea of live no lies that we just went through, right? Do we know it deeply with inside of us that we know the truth? And specifically, do we know the truth who is found in Jesus alone. 
Like, like if you are like me and you're going, where is truth? Where is truth? Where is truth? I can tell you for sure where truth is. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go little kid on you. Cause I like, that's how I think. Okay. I'm like super simple. You know, the story of Punchinello, right? He's like Pinocchio's long lost half brother. No. Okay. Okay. Punchinello. Some of you actually know this book. There was a book written by Max Licato. I'll give you the summary of it. It's about Punchinello. Punchinello uh, is sort of this puppet little toy, and he lives in the land of the Wemix. And the Wemix are all puppet-like little toys, and they have their own little culture and their own little place. And so this land of the Wemix is, is like, they're like toys without strings, right? They're like, I've got no strings on me. And they all live in this big village, and, and, and there's this one Weemick that he, he kind of goes around the town, Punchinello, and he, he realizes like, hey, there's this cool concept that, that other Weemicks, they put stars on you if you do really great things. Like if you have this amazing talent, they'll come up and put a star on you, right? But if you are clumsy like Punchinello was and you fall down or, or you say something wrong, then they come up to you and they have a dot, this black dot, and they put the black dot, right? On you, and so Punchinello looks around, and all the Weemix they have, you know, like stars on this one, and all dots on this one, and and this and this Weemix has has like some stars and, and and some dots, and then and then he notices that there's this one Weemix who has no stars and no dots. Punchinello thinks, what, what's going on? So he goes up to her and he says, how come you have no stars and no dots? Do you have no gifts, no talents, or do you never make mistakes? Which one? Is it, how do you have no stars and no dots? And, and she says to Punchinello, no, 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 I, I go to the maker every morning. He goes, the maker? Who's the maker? Well, he lives, he lives up on that hill. There's, this, there's a, that, that craftsman shop, that workshop up on the hill. That's where we were all created. And I go up there every single morning and, and I meet with the craftsman. I meet with the maker who made all of us. And then he talks to me, and for some reason, people try to put stars on me and try to put dots on me, but they always fall off. I always, I just go up to the maker, and for some reason, when I come back down to town, like the stars and the dots, they just don't stick to me. And so Punchinello thought, I'm, I'm gonna go meet this maker. And he goes and he meets the maker, and this maker takes him into his wood shop, and his maker tells him about how he crafted him. And how he loved him so much that he crafted him. And he crafted him just the way he wanted him to be. And that he loves him so much. And, and he knows things about Punchinello that Punchinello doesn't even know about himself. And Punchinello goes back to town almost floating. And someone tries to put, put a sticker on Punchinello. And the sticker just doesn't stick anymore. Because he's heard the voice of the father. No the truth. Jesus would say to you, you are so worthwhile. You are worth dying on a cross for. You are worth rising from the dead for. You are worth ascending to heaven to prepare a place for you. You 
are imparted my spirit so that it can lead and guide you each and every second of the day in the decisions that you make, in the interactions you have with other people, in the way that you are at school, in the way that you are at work, in the way that you are with your family because you know the truth and the truth will set you free. Know the truth. Follow the way, know the truth. Then third, live the life. Live the life. One of the, one of the exercises that I work through is um, a passage out of Henry David Thoreau's book called Walden. Uh, Thoreau is a, a philosopher who spent some time um, on Walden Pond for two years, two months and two days observing nature and observing the world around him and then writing some incredible philosophical works. Um, and, and I read this one passage to all my clients and it says this, I, I went to the woods because I wished to live more deliberately, to live that which was only life, to shave close and to cut a wide swath, to live deep and to suck the marrow out of life. Do you live like that? That's what I encourage my clients to do because here's the thing. Uh, I'll pull from a different quote. William Wallace, every man dies, but every man does not truly live. Live the life. See, this is the offer of Jesus that I actually think we miss out on the most, you guys. This is the offer that I think I think the world looks at us and goes, I don't think Christians' lives are that much better. I don't think it's that interesting to them. I mean, I think we're known as being judgmental. I think we're known as being dramatic, right? I think we're known as having very strong political opinions. <laughs> like, I, I think we're known for that, right? Some of us Christians are known for having lots of ammo, <laughs> okay, right? Which way? I'm not saying that's bad. I think that's actually awesome. Okay. <laughs> but like, what are we actually known for? Are we known as people who have richer, deeper, fuller lives than anyone else? Or not? I think that would be the most impactful, most transformational piece of how we could witness to others. I don't think we have to stand on a corner with a bullhorn telling people like, hell is hot and forever's a long time. I'm not sure that that's helping you guys, okay? But I do think that if we lived lives that were worthy of living, that would be something. My, my ministry is toward men, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in on you men right now. Stop being zombies. You're just walking around, like breathing, and that's it. Are you serious? Is that all you got? God has more for you. God has more for you. He wants you to be a husband like no other. Your wife might be dying for that right now. Your kids, you're the only dad that you can be for your kids unless you really screw it up and then you'll find somebody else, okay? Like, you need to be that dad for them. Like, your job, you're responsible for others' lives. Responsible to help them, to encourage them, to challenge them, to shape them. Live a life 
worthy of the calling of being a Christian man. Live to that. This is what Jesus offers, not just to the men, to all of us. Jesus says, you go a little further in John. Back, actually, you back up four chapters. John 10, he says this. I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. So follow the way. Know the truth. Live the life. Last, go all in. Go all in. So baptism is about going all in, tangibly going all in. These folks are gonna share their testimonies with us here in a moment. We're gonna be watching these really inspiring videos, part of their story. And then they're gonna go all in. They're actually gonna get in this water, right? And in them going in this water, they're saying, I'm following the way. I am knowing the truth and I am living the life. They are going all in symbolically that they would die to themselves and they would rise a new creation. Rise a new creation. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives within me is what Paul would declare. And that's what these folks are declaring. So we're gonna get to celebrate that in a moment. And here's the thing, okay? I'm just gonna give you some instructions, okay? When they come up out of the water, we're gonna be singing songs and it's gonna be amazing. I just want you to like try to keep up with the angels, okay? Good luck, all right? Because there's a party in heaven this morning about what's about to happen, all right? So we're gonna celebrate with them. I want you to do this as well. I want you to consider when you're watching these testimonies what God is saying to you. Maybe like Bob talked about, now is your moment. You're gonna go over to that kitchen maybe, right? So, so maybe right now you say, I, I want to go all in, okay? Here's the instructions. You go over here, there's a baptism team. Andy Merkel, raise your hand. You're gonna go see Andy. There's a whole team in there. They're gonna get you ready. They're gonna pray with you. They're gonna encourage you. And then you're gonna literally go all in. Maybe you weren't even planning on it this morning. You're gonna go all in. One word on that. If you're a kiddo in here, we're so happy you're here. We're so excited. There's base camp down there. It would be awesome for you to give your parents a break. Uh, um, <clears throat> you're welcome, okay. Uh, but I would also say this to you. If you haven't had this conversation yet about baptism with your, with your parents, I want you to have that conversation first. And so maybe that means you just hold off a little bit on getting baptized today and be in our next baptism service. By the way, we have this amazing one, river baptism, every single summer. And so that's a really fun one as well. Um, but I want you to have that conversation with your parents, okay? So if God's calling to you, go over here, meet this team, Let's get baptized. Let's watch and consider these testimony videos. Let's continue to worship as we follow the way, the truth, and the life as we go all in. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.